And we are back with the Running Lifestyle Culture podcast. I am very happy to introduce one of my first ever training partners, Sorrel Walsh. Sorrel, how are you? Hello, um, I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm all good. Just just woken up from a nap, as we just discussed. I'm not, <laughs> Feeling I'm not, refreshed. I'm not sure what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Sorrel, thank you for coming on the podcast after your nap. Napping is great. I use it all the time. I think it's effective. Great to get your mind flowing halfway during a day. So um, what I wanted to talk to you about today on the podcast was um, I want to talk to you about running, running as a form of empowerment. And I know that's something that's quite important to you. Um, What do you think about it? Yeah, definitely, definitely is. Um, for me, I guess personally, I feel like um, I probably wouldn't be who I am today without having achieved a lot of the running goals that I have. And I think it's not all about the running element of it. It's like what that actually gives you in terms of like self-belief, confidence, yeah. so many different things. So yeah, it's, it's something I'm really, really passionate about. And I also want to just try and like help other people realize that as well. Yeah. So how do you how do you do that? help other people uh, so i guess the most specific way is um through the community that i lead with my friend and running partner amelia ritchie um, which is called women run nice. um so we started in about 2015 um and our aim is basically to try and empower women through movement and again it's it's very much about running like we have different communities in bristol and london um, we meet to run every week when we are back running and we're able to meet with people. Um, obviously, in certain current circumstances, we're not able to do that. Um, and through that, we've like achieved different races that we've run together. So uh, different ultramarathons, marathons, um, even a swim run last year. And I guess through that, those communities, for us, it's a, a, a great vehicle to show people what they're capable of and try and elevate women to that level of, of confidence and self-belief. Yeah, and I think I I I witnessed kind of the beginning of the empowerment movement um, when we when you went to race to the stones, which was a really like amazing and interesting project. Do you want to tell us a bit about that? Yeah. So um, basically, in twenty fourteen, I was part of a women's team who did race to the stones, which is an ultra marathon. It's, you can do 50K, 100K, and I did 100K. Um, I managed to place quite highly in that race. Um, you won it! Math- <laughs> well, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was a huge surprise for me, and I was also paced by a lovely man called James Poole. Um, so I, I kind of came away from that race feeling really elated and kind yeah. of really surprised of what I was capable of. Empowered. I also felt a bit... I just felt like really kind of disappointed that yeah. there wasn't a lot of women there. Yeah. Um, just didn't make any sense to me. Like it was such an incredible experience yeah. um, to, to do that with your own two feet. So then I went away and did my research and realized that especially with long distance running and ultramarathons specifically, it's generally 80% male dominated and about 20% of women run those yeah. races couldn't make any sense of that because I feel like we're you know we're different but we're not, we're not that different and I think you know women can can definitely run these races so from there I decided to 
speak to the organisers and my friend Kat Simpson, um, who headed up the previous female team and talked to them about starting what was then called Women Run 100 to yeah. try and get as many women as we could to run the same race the next year. Um, so then we started that kind of campaign and we got 52 women to run either a 100k or a 50k and it was genuinely one of the most incredible experiences to just see kind of to just see those women understand what they were capable of and witness that so I feel very privileged to have been able to witness that you also, and also, people like you joined us for the gym. I know, you also, you, also, you also got some guy from West London, some kid from West London to run 100k. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I paced another friend of ours um, who uh, was doing his first, really, first ever... Yeah, I mean, it's, every, probably it was everybody's first ultra, but it was a real first kind of trail, trail race. Um and it was uh, 16 hours of, of pleasure and pain. That's how I'd describe it. It was a fun time. Do you, you regret it at any point? Uh, no, it was, um, it, was, it was an enlightening experience. I went through phases. That's probably like... <laughs> there, was, there was phases when I, my, I was within my body, but then there was phases when I just literally, I was, I was just a, a shell of a human being running, running through, <laughs> through the through a forest um yeah but it was amazing it was incredible um we've got some more stories some more ultra stories which we're gonna enlighten you with a bit later but before we go on how many women ran the year you won it and then how many women ran the year you you did the project what was the difference what was the uptake do you remember i don't actually know so i'm not sure about the specific numbers but it was virgin around 80 because we eight percent no 20% women, sorry. Yeah. Um, because we looked at the stats. And then the next year, we were trying to get 50-50. So yeah. 50% men, yeah. 50% women. I think we ended up getting like 40% women. Nice. So um, you had an uplift of 20%. I don't have those stats in my brain right now. But um, yeah, that was a massive achievement for us anyway. Even if we'd have got 5% more women involved, that would have been an achievement. But um, yeah, it was, it was a really special thing. Nice. And... Um... Like running as a woman in in London, because obviously we've trained together. So Sora and I have been training partners for a very long time. Um, how have you kind of like we? You've talked about it before, but how do you feel? Kind of running as a woman in London has given you um, that empowerment, and it gave you that confidence to do, you know, to take up women one run one hundred. What what kind of things did you do to that helped you? Would you say? I guess my journey probably started so I started running before I lived in London but then when I when I moved to London I ran a marathon um my first marathon and then I discovered Rundam crew yeah um, which is a community based in was East London now South London um and I guess from that experience of being with such a diverse mixture of people from ages races you know abilities like that for me really opened up my mind of like I guess what I was capable of but also like working together as a as a community and a, a team like that um and I think like my only experience of that was really positive so 
when I first got invited to join the um, Rundum Crew East group, I was uh, invited to run with what was then called the Elite. So it was seemed like a lot of very friendly men, but in short shorts <laughs> and very fast. Um, and I feel like I was firstly intimidated just because I was like, oh God, maybe I'm not fast enough. There's no other girls here running in that group. But all, you know, it was such a positive experience and like, people like yourself Manny like all you did was encourage me and show me what I was capable of so I think like sometimes it can be I think going outside of your comfort zone can be quite scary but I think if you kind of just let yourself be a bit vulnerable and let yourself be guided in some ways then then that's a really good thing and also I'd say like learn from other people like we don't know everything we need to sometimes just like be guided by others I think that was a really valuable thing for me. Um, And yeah, that was just, I guess like with Women Run, um, I wouldn't really have ever thought that I was able to to create a community like that. But everyone, again, was just really encouraging. So it was a great part of my life, really. I think um, running with you was always quite... um, Yeah, it was just just always good because you just had um, a lot of a lot of fight and you just wanted to, to stick it out and you made... Um, I think you made a lot of the other the people in the group, no matter who they were, probably feel like, yeah, you know, we can all kind of do it together. So that was always, I think, something that stuck out. Um, and you used to encourage a lot of people, no matter who they were, um, which is always useful. And I think that kind of demeanor like brings people along. And um, yeah, so it's always been good to have you as a training partner, Sorrel. Um Hi. Hi. And and in terms of like our adventures together, we've also had. So I remember running um, London Marathon. Do you remember when you were running the end of La- London Marathon and Liz and I came and ran with you <laughs> to the end? Yeah, and I was so shocked. So what Manny fails to mention is that Liz and Manny were both wearing face masks of my own face. So <laughs> like my old twenty-one. Which is basically, if you don't know about Mile 21 at London Marathon, then just search the hashtag Mile 21 and you'll find out what it's about. But um, it's basically incredible, like, half a mile of just people from Rundown Crew and all different communities going crazy, which is great. So after that, I was like, oh, my God, I've got, like, five miles to go. Then Manny and Liz jump out <laughs> and very kindly pace me to the end. But I was starting to feel a bit, um, I think I'd had one too many gels and I felt a bit nauseous, but Manny was like, come on, pick that person off, come on. Yeah, it was, um, And it was I good. don't think, if you hadn't have joined for that bit, I probably would have fallen back a lot. So mm. yeah, that was such a good day. I completely forgot that ever happened. It's so great. That, that was that was probably one of the first little, little kind of things we've done together. And then... More recently, we ran from the west of Scotland to the east of Scotland. Um, it's called the Southern Upland Way. Um, and that was with a group of friends. And it was 240 miles, hmm. broken up into sections. And Sorrow and I did a section together of about 15 miles in the Scottish Highlands. And it was pitch black. And it was crazy. That was the most. That was the most surreal experience I've ever seen. I think we we saw sheep in pitch black just staring at us, and like we saw, we the things we saw. We just we climbed up mountains, and 
there was torrential downpour. I lost my leg in a bog or a swamp and Sorrel tried to run away from me. So I had no, to scream just... at her. <laughs> no, that was one of the most memorable experiences, but also it was it was terrifying if I, you know, let myself admit it. But if you weren't there, I think I would still be in the Scottish Highlands somewhere because we basically, we had head torches. It was the middle of the night. And um, oh, I think it was about probably like 12 o'clock in the evening, but obviously it was pitch black. Yeah. Um, you couldn't really see because it was so foggy. You couldn't really see like a few meters in front of you. The map so as well. Like powering up. Do you remember? The, do you remember the map? So the map had no. We had no GPS. So the map was working on no GPS. So when you'd you'd run in a, dif- a direction and you'd had to try and stay on this this kind of path that was tracked, and we'd tracked it before. So we were running with no GPS. So if you got lost, you couldn't call anybody. Yeah. It was very scary, but it it was, we got through it alive. I mean, when you stacked it at the top of that hill, I kind of thought, oh God, what if he's broken his leg? What are we going to do? But, you know, we made it back. And then I think I vomited into a bin bag as we got into the van, which wasn't very good. Running is fun. It is. Running, it running is a way. You can achieve these things. <laughs> but we ran 240 miles in 40 hours, and Sora and I have shared um, one hour and probably about 45, 50 minutes of sheer madness. It was crazy. Like, there were, we, there were, we had to cross a river that went up to our knees at one point. So, yeah, it was a, it was a crazy, crazy. It's kind of time, but it was something that you kind of look back on and you say, wow, we, we got through that. And, you know, I think that's what running does for you. Sometimes you go, get through these sections of, of your life and you're like, how how did I even manage that? Um, let's talk about some of your races. So at one point you completed Boston Marathon. But... To complete Boston Marathon, if people don't know, if you're new to running, you have to qualify for Boston Marathon. Um, and you have a women's qualifying time and a men's qualifying time. So, Sora, what did you decide to do? <laughs> so, I decided that it wasn't fair for me to run the Boston Marathon if I didn't get a men's qualifying time. Because basically, at that point in my life, all of the training partners around me who were men had to if they wanted to run Boston, they had to basically get a sub three hour marathon because even though the qualifying time was like 302 or 303, basically there was that many people qualifying for it that it meant that you had to get a sub three. Um, so I just felt like, you know, it, I wanted to kind of give a nod to you guys and show that, you know, we're all in it together and stuff. And it, it took me quite a few goes to, to get that time. Um, to well, specifically get a sub three hour marathon. Um, I think in, at points in my life I was a bit impatient, which I don't think is a very good quality to have when you've got goals. I think you have to be quite patient and and um, and just you know give yourself a bit of a break sometimes. But yeah, so I decided to to do that, and also I wanted to show women that just because we have these averages that are set for us, like that doesn't mean that that's your limit. Like, yeah. There is so much more that we're capable of. And not to say that a women's Boston qualifying time isn't an, a great achievement, it is. But I personally feel that we've got further to go. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to kind of demonstrate that, really. I think you probably also influenced quite a lot of other women to, 
to, to start to um, dream and like think about you know what they what expectations they should set and and that's a really really good thing um, do you feel like you know you did find some new training partners once you got to to, to doing that like other women reaching out and saying like you know how did you do it yeah and like I'm not gonna name any names but I've had um some women come up to me and say this is now my goal yeah In, you know three years time I want to do that and like yeah. that for me is what it's about um you know it's, it's about showing other people that you know, I'm not a special person just because I got that time. Like it took a lot of years to get there, but I think personally, if you put in the time and the effort and and you train consistently, that you know we can all do that. So, so yeah, it was. I think for me, that is that is what it's about, and it was great to hear that. Um, I think if someone came up to me and was like, "Okay, that's my goal for like three months' time," I'd be like, "Easy tiger." <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I think it is important to show others that, like you said, we we can dream and, like, a dream doesn't have to be an imaginary thing. Like, it can be a reality. Yeah. And when you kind of, when you did that, I think, I'm not sure if Women Run had, you'd started it or it had been going. I'm not sure. But in terms of, like, when you, when you do that kind of thing, do you feel like, like, do you, do you can you, like, like, how does that translate to building a team around you? So, like, do you feel like that makes it something that is easier? So do you feel like it's easier to build a team around you when you're, create, you know, achieving those higher lofty goals? It's a good question, actually. I think, um, for me, it, it's been, if I didn't have a team around me in terms of the friendships that I've got and the encouragement that I've got, I wouldn't never have achieved what I have. Yeah. I have to say that down yeah um but I think sometimes when so when I trained specifically for Boston I'd got a coach which was a completely new thing for me and actually I kind of took a step back from training with people so much I went to track and stuff and trained with people but I think I spent a lot of the miles on my own but that was because I was like felt so dedicated to this thing but I think now looking back like I probably wouldn't do that and I haven't done that in in training cycle since because I think it's it's important to have the miles on your own it's important to prove to yourself that you can do it but I think it makes it so much more enjoyable if you share it with people mm. and they push you and you can push each other um so I think like now I would probably stop being so anal about it <laughs> trying to control everything yeah um and you know spend more time doing runs with with different individuals like I run here I'm not running with them at the moment obviously um and I've taken a step back from from training on the track and doing cross-country and things but I was running with Bristol and West who were a running group in Bristol mm-hmm. um and when I was training with them it was just great to go to the track and get kind of pulled along and I mm. think I, I missed that um so it makes it does make such a difference having a, a team around you nice and and like you just mentioned your training cycles how have they evolved because i know like you more recently you've probably been doing a bit more strength and conditioning because i know some of the listeners will will be new to running um so you know i just think it's quite nice sometimes to give people insight into uh the things we've done over time uh during our kind of periods in running yeah i think um the way to look at a running journey is kind of like building blocks. So 
you might have your runs that you do you might do two or three runs a week or you know one or two but then I think if you can get some yoga in there or some swimming like something that's quite you know it's low impact um, and then like like you've just said um, get some strength and conditioning in there because learning from experience when I neglected my strength and conditioning mm. I got injured which I think that was like my first injury in about four years or something but it yeah. just completely took me back because yeah. I was like what do you mean I'm, I you know I've got this injury but actually I wasn't doing the things I should have been doing yeah um so yeah I do think strength and conditioning is key it's about getting into a routine with it as well isn't it yeah nice and um like what what do you feel listeners should should think about you know in terms of training cycles and 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 even if they wanted to dabble in the ultra marathon are there any kind of takeaway tips that you'd give them i think um it's really important as i said before to to give yourself patience i would never say to a new runner like go and run an ultra marathon this year just mm. because i think you need to give your body time to adapt i think the best way to look at achieving any goals in life but specifically running ones is like give yourself like you know a one-year goal a two-year goal and then maybe a five-year goal and nice. like work away at them um but, but yeah i think with training cycles as well again it's like be patient look after yourself if you're feeling tired just don't run that day or take it easy you know i think sometimes it can feel like a, a stressful thing having to like you know maybe you wake up and you don't want to do a speed session that day but if you you know if you go and push yourself out and you do it and you feel great then good but if you don't do it like nothing bad's gonna happen like yeah. it's okay to say no to yourself sometimes yeah I mean I didn't used to do that and I think I just ran myself into the ground when I was a bit younger and that's not healthy yeah um but yeah so finding the balance and give, giving yourself patience I like that so that's a good one but you also have some like for me, from when I've, from all, all the time I've known you, you've got some real tenacity. So, do you feel sometimes also that's important? And when would that come into play? Thanks, mate. Um, yeah, I think you've got to be brave, haven't you, in yeah. life? And like, you've got to, like I said, like we were said, we said before about dreaming. Like, it's not something you should be ashamed of if you've got a dream like that. It's just about creating a structure to get there. But yeah, I think. Um, being tenacious is a good thing it's just you know not not wanting it all right there and then because i think that's when you can like be a bit like icarus and shoot too high get mm. burnt <laughs> it's that's yeah. not a good thing so um, so maybe like thinking about tenacity as like a a consistency thing maybe would you say like being consistent um with with the the slow easy stuff and just making sure that you're doing like your SNC, you're structured and you've got that nice flow in terms of your your training and your routine. Because I think when you start running, it's quite hard to keep the consistency of everything, right? So like, you know, making sure you're doing your SNC, your easy runs. Um, and, and sometimes you just want to run quickly because um, you feel that you're, yeah. you're kind of improving um, a lot. So I think that's probably what, what, what it sounds like you're, you're alluding to i'm just summarizing that if that's all right that's fine i think as well like um it's kind of when you're saying about like going on easy runs and stuff like that, they're so important like you need to just like take the step back with those 
and like I think for me that's been a big marker in like you know I wouldn't say I'm I would hope I'm not someone who comes across as having an ego at all but I think when you're running and you want to go fast and you want to push yourself all the time it's like taking a step back from your ego and going no it's fine I don't need to hit these paces this is going to allow me to get the end goal um that, that I can get athlete it, maturity. it's hard to get to that point yeah yeah the athlete maturity right just getting that that mature maturity in what you're doing i guess um so to any of our listeners who want to go out and look at maybe some um other role models women role models are there any that you would you would kind of recommend that people go and investigate um running or not yeah so um i think someone who's doing great stuff uh, for women's running is um, Matilda uh, Tilly nice. who runs My uh, yeah. Girl Collective yeah I think Tilly is creating a, a fantastic space for 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 women of color and I think um she's just showing that running can be this really fun vibrant thing and I, I mm. love that um and then I think in terms of speed and things like that there's a, a lady called caitlin phillips who nice, yeah. i think is in new york yeah. and um basically she's connected to a group called distance project nyc and i think all the ladies in that community are so inspiring so basically the um qualifying time in america for the um olympic marathon trials is 242 yeah. and um this group of ladies all just normal women with jobs um they're not elite athletes and they all decided that they were going to aim to get that qualifying time and so many of them did it and it's just so inspiring to watch that um so yeah there's a lot of ladies out there i think instagram is a great place to find some inspiration um like that yeah not always comparing yourself in a bad way though amazing yeah yeah definitely um okay so that was sorrel walsh giving us some insight into empowerment in running. And I just want to say thank you very much for coming on, Sorrel. Um, on the podcast, we asked somebody to provide us their track of the week. Do you have one, Sorrel? What's your track of the week? Ooh, track of the week. Yeah. Things, I'm probably going to really embarrass myself and give you something like that's not cool enough. <laughs> just give Can us I go more... for uh, Kate Bush running up that hill? Just because I love that. Okay, cool. Uh, so I'm going to play a snippet of Kate Bush running up that hill at the end of this podcast I just want to say sorry it's been a pleasure as always um, keep running stay healthy stay fit um, and maybe when you're leading up to training again for an event we'll get you back on the podcast and you can tell us how it's going give us a bit of a breakdown of your training um, and yeah thank you very much Thanks for having me. Sorrel's track of the week, Kate Bush running up that hill. This has been the Running Lifestyle Culture podcast. Manny out. Peace.